When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I am Jason Whitlock, your host. A special Friday edition of Tennessee Harmony. I'm sorry we're so late. Uh, Royce White being in town and just a jam-packed, newsy first part of the week made us have to delay um, getting to Tennessee Harmony until the end of the week. I apologize for that, but I'm never going to apologize for a great show, and we're going to give you one. Today, it's going to be a little tighter. Friday, we'll get you off into your weekend a bit earlier. Anthony Walker, Virgil Walker are here. We're going to talk about Jesse Jackson and his legacy as the successor uh, to MLK's throne. Uh, Jesse Jackson just stepped down from the Rainbow Push Coalition organization he started in Chicago. We'll talk about that with Anthony and Virgil. What is Jesse's legacy, good or bad, or just good or bad, or it doesn't even have to be bad. What is his legacy? Where did he take Dr. King's legacy? We'll have that discussion with Virgil and Anthony. Before we do anything, even before I ask uh, Anthony to pray, I want to tell you guys about uh, my, I, I'm going to say it, I'm sorry, I, don't, I hope no one's offended. My favorite sponsor here is Preborn. You guys know that because it's central to our core belief as fearless soldiers that life begins at conception, that God knew us and knitted us in the womb. And adopting that mindset of understanding that life begins inside the womb will help your mindset when life emerges outside the womb. Those of us that have this mindset respect the sanctity of life and it guides and frames and, and guards the rest of our worldview. And that's why preborn is so important. No organization that I'm aware of uh, is more committed and more effective at protecting the sanctity of life and assisting young women who are pregnant, who are considering abortion, by providing them an ultrasound. Once that woman hears a baby's heartbeat, sees an image of that baby in the womb, she realizes, wow, that's a baby. That's not a fetus. That's not a clump of scales, a cells. That is my little child, and she is far more likely to choose life than abortion after seeing that or receiving that ultrasound. That's what preborn does. For just $28 per ultrasound, they provide ultrasounds, and then they step in once the woman chooses life and provide that woman the support and the materials she needs for the first two years of that baby's life outside the womb. We give to preborn, Jason Whitlock does, on a monthly basis. 
you can give on a monthly basis or a one-time basis, or you can do both because I tend to do both. It's very easy, pound 250, say the keyword baby, pound 250, say the keyword baby, or you can go to preborn.com slash Jason. That's preborn.com slash Jason. Love it when you do this. Warms my heart. Keeps me motivated about this show and what we're doing. We love Dan Steiner, who founded the organization, has been on this show, can personally attest to you the money that you send goes to sponsor and pay for ultrasounds and goes to helping that expectant mother. It doesn't go to pay exorbitant salaries for mid-level executives. It's not the typical charity. It's, an, it's a life-saving, life-giving organization. I'm so pleased, I almost said proud, so pleased to be associated with Preborn. I hope you will join me on the journey of supporting Preborn. Uh, and so without further ado, Anthony, if you could uh, bless our conversation, we'll get into a discussion about Jesse Jackson. Father God, we're thankful for your blessings. We're thankful for today. Father, uh, we're thankful for the opportunity today uh, to be an example, to live out uh, what Christ has called us to live out. We're thankful for the opportunity uh, to discuss things on a platform like this. Uh, and Father, we pray for those who are listening. Uh, we pray that they continually go back to your word to guide their everyday lives. We're thankful in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So as I said earlier, Jesse Jackson has retired from the Rainbow Push Coalition. He's now moving into, I'm sure, just focused on his health and, and focused on the remainder of his life. He has Parkinson's. He's been struggling with that for some time. Many people might suggest it was long overdue that he stepped down. I believe a Dr. Frederick Haynes, a man from Dallas, uh, is the successor to run the organization, which has been based in Chicago. Jesse Jackson's legacy, of course, uh, includes uh, running for president as a Democrat nominee uh, in the 1980s. Uh, many people say that his run for the presidency inspired Barack Obama's run for the presidency. I want to have a conversation of, from a, a more biblical point of view. Jesse Jackson, the Reverend Jesse Jackson, uh, came on the heels of Dr. Martin Luther King. He was there in Memphis when Dr. King was assassinated. Some people say Jesse uh, overplayed his relationship with Dr. King so that he could succeed Dr. King. There's a lot of mixed feelings about Jesse Jackson and, and where did he take the ministry or, or, or faith? Did he make it more political? Was that a good thing that he jumped completely into the political lane, or was it a bad thing? And so uh, we'll start with the elder statesman in this conversation. We'll start with Virgil, uh, our, you know, our, our toughest critic. Uh, <laughs> Virgil, what should we make of the legacy of Jesse Jackson and where he took black people as it relates to faith and politics? Yeah. Well, as, as it relates to the black community, um, Jesse actually was uh, a, a, a pimp uh, and an abuser. Uh, he treated the black community like his personal prostitute uh, that he sent out at different points in time uh, in an effort to grab, to, to, to shake down companies and corporations 
for his own personal gain, uh, for his own personal wealth building. Uh, he's left the black community poorer uh, as a result, spiritually speaking, since we're going to talk about matters as it relates to the Bible. Uh, th there's no gospel message associated to anything that he's delivered. Uh, while he held to some orthodox views early on, uh, supposedly he's a, he's a graduate of Chicago Theological Seminary uh, out of Chicago, though there's, uh, there's, like you said, there's a, there's a question mark around whether or not he actually graduated with his, M, uh, with his uh, MDiv, his Masters of Divinity, or whether that was bequeathed to him uh, as a result of more of his political leanings and, and work uh, in the community. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, reverend of, of what? Um, I, I believe spiritually he's negatively impacted blacks, the black community, chaining us to the idea that government would be our solution, not God, uh, that companies and corporations would be our savior, not Christ, uh, that it was more important that we uh, that that or that communities paid reparations to blacks rather than repent and place their faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, so in every way, shape and form, at every turn that I could think of, Jesse Jackson, uh, in my estimation, from a standpoint of his legacy and its impact on the, the black community, uh, is, a, is a prosperity poverty pimp uh, and, and really needs to be banished from the minds of black people. Uh, Virgil, I wasn't expecting that answer. Uh, <laughs> I can't say that I'm surprised by that answer. I can't even say I disagree with that answer. But, uh, boy, he didn't leave a lot of meat on the bones there. Anthony, I almost feel like I'm, I'm putting you in a tough spot, but your thoughts? I, I just got to pick up. Virgil, I caught that government, not God, companies, not Christ. I get it. Virgil, Virgil's got a little preacher in him. Um, <laughs> His uh, Jesse Jackson's legacy is going to be complicated um, where there's some good hearted efforts. I think so. I think deep down there may have been a good hearted place of trying to help. But there's always something um, that comes with the stage. And this gets to preachers even without the national stage. Just just being a, a local pastor has its own issues. But when you get a national stage on a hot button issue, that can be self-aggrandizing. That can be and, and you will tend to use that for your own, um, you know, power, prestige, pomp and circumstance. So you'll, you'll have some of that with Jesse Jackson. Uh, I, I just would say that over time, we really saw the sustaining effectiveness of what he tries to do just continue to wane. Like, I, I don't know right now if uh, young adults, period, know what he did, what he does, and even this transition, like if it's a major thing. And I say that, and I'm not even speaking just to young black folk, I'm saying young adults, period. If we look back to what Dr. King was doing, he, I mean, all of the world, all of America knew something. This guy's doing something, making noise. At this point, Rainbow Push, and, and Virgil will have to help me with that. I think Rainbow Push is a rebranding of an organization that 
King was a part of before. Um, and I'm the Southern something. I can't think of the name of it, but SCLC. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's a part of that, either a branch of that or related to that. Um, but in, in short, complicated, uh, but definitely waning in uh, its effectiveness now, his legacy. And I know you, you, you may want to deal with the politics piece as well. I wanted to say a piece on that, too. Go ahead and say what, what your thoughts on the political aspects of it. We've talked about it before with, with Virgil and, and I. Ministers getting into the political realm is, is always going to be difficult because you're going to have to make some deciding lines on a basis that's not political. You're making a deciding line based on God's word. And that is not always popular, easy or whatnot in the eyes of the populace. But for the, the man of God, it has to be his landing ground. So when you get into the political realm, you have to kind of sway the way that politics goes. And even if we look at it from a biblical space, the way that God led, God comes at it from a perspective of people. Right. You know, there's a there's a, a passage that we talk about in uh, Second Chronicles where he says, if my people who are called by my name, God is looking towards hearts and people, not necessarily a nation state, not necessarily a nation unless it's a nation that aligns with his word. But he's not fighting just for this particular realm. So when you get into politics, you got to start arguing you know, states and foreign policy, you know, when it looks to God, he doesn't really have a foreign policy. He's got a, a kingdom policy. I, I own it all. So getting into politics, you already have the most powerful tool known to man in God's word. You already have the platform in speaking God's word directly to each and every family that is in your congregation. You've already got that. So you have the, the power through God's word to shift, uh, you know, your community, shift your state. And, and even further than that, politics in some kind of way would be a step down. Not to say you can't get involved, but but looking at what it would do, especially to the minister, you're not you're not really going to be effective uh, to your fullest potential. And I can't remember if it was Dave or Virgil that made a similar point shows ago, like, mm -hmm. hey, uh, becoming president is a step down. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that was Virgil. Yeah. Yeah. It's a step down. And I, I think that's similar to the point you're making. And you're right. Operation Push sprung out from Operation Breakbasket, which was part of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. Yeah. Uh, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. in 1966, the head of the SCLC, appointed Jackson to lead the Chicago chapter of Operation Breadbasket. He, here's one of the interesting things, and, and Virgil, you don't. You can respond to this or any additional points you want to make. But I, I find this fascinating that Jesse Jackson based in Chicago, Louis Farrakhan based in Chicago and Barack Obama based in Chicago. And Chicago is a mess mm. and it, it's wracked by violence and dysfunction 
and, and you're talking about three of the most celebrated, high profile leaders all coming from Chicago and their style of leadership not having seemingly much of an impact on what's going on in Chicago. I, 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 I find that fascinating and, and it, it, it speaks to, I think, the weakness of politics and the flaw of racial idolatry in being, a, it can racial idolatry can attract a crowd. It cannot fix anything, improve anything. It cannot, it, it can put money and it, it can be, it can fill up your church, but that's it. it. I don't, it doesn't save lives. It doesn't save souls and it doesn't raise the SAT scores or reduce the illegitimacy rate or reduce gang violence uh, based on my read of Chicago. But anyway, do you have any thoughts about those three guys in particular or just additional thoughts about Jesse Jackson? Yeah, I, 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 th I think you're right. I think the issue, the issue at hand there is that um, when, when, you, when you attach a, a community uh, to the idea that, that their future reward, that their comeuppance, if you will, is on the basis of, of how much they can get government to give them, uh, you're doomed to failure. Uh, and so the message from civil rights leaders after King uh, was that if we attach ourselves to the Democratic wing uh, of, of, a, of a political party, uh, the, the left wing of, of that party, then, then we'll, be, we'll be all right. Uh, and we can look at, at the politics in Chicago to see that that every everything that uh, that's opposite that was actually true, right? Uh, every every indicator that you mentioned, from education uh, to socioeconomic conditions uh, to, to even even moral decisions, uh, are, are now are now based in that leftist progressive side of, of you know of that, that progressive side or, or ideology, and it has not served black communities well. Um, at the end of the day, I, I, I will say this: I was listening to, uh, to to Anthony kind of go go you know share his opening thoughts, and my initial thought was, this will probably probably be the one time that he and I actually disagree, and and the disagreement for for us is that he's much more Anthony is much more gracious in what he believes about Jesse Jackson uh, than I am. I think Jesse Jackson from the very outset was a fraud. He was an opportunist looking for a, a, a chance uh, to see his own situation benefited. Uh, he did so on the back of the death of Martin Luther King Jr. And so here we have today in culture, uh, Black Lives Matter, an, an organization that has benefited solely on the backs of black dead black, uh, of, of black dead black men, of, of dead black men in the streets. It's made its, it's, made its money, its wealth, uh, on on black men dying in the streets and continues to do so, they they received their playbook, they received their understanding of how to do that from Jesse Jackson. He, he he's the Godfather. He he showed them how to do that, how to how to manipulate the people to believing he was a leader through what happened with Martin Luther King Jr. All of the civil rights leaders say that he elevated the story that he was the last person who spoke to, you know, Jesse Jackson, who, who made the claim that he was the last person that spoke to King on his dying day and, you know, at, at, at the uh, at the hotel. 
and and he used that and leveraged that to put himself at the center of uh, of, of politics of importance uh, and, and as the head of the civil rights movement come after that time frame. And so here he was, an opportunist, looking for a chance to make additional money through these organizations that he cobbled together and then used every situation where he could identify some racist or some, some, some ideological framework where people uh, were, were, were believing that blacks had been vilified or that blacks were done wrong or, or you know, we, we were subjugated in some way. And, and he, he leveraged that for the purpose of bilking hundreds of millions of dollars from companies and corporations so that they bow the knee to Jesse Jackson and Rainbow Push. And so, and again, I, I, I consider Rainbow Push, given the paltry amount of money that it's given in consideration to the large amounts of money that, that, it had, that, that it's taken in, uh, as just a money laundering opportunity for Jesse Jackson. So that, that, again, that's, that's, that's my own personal opinion. I would point people to a book that was written in 2003. Uh, the author's name is Kenneth Timmerman. Uh, he's a he's a he's a journalist and and, and investigative journalist who's written a book. Uh, the book is called Shakedown: Exposing the Real Jesse Jackson. Uh, I read this book almost a, probably probably two decades ago. I was it was uh, it was printed in two thousand three, published in two thousand three. Uh, the, the 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 investigative journalist walks through Jesse's actually interviewed for the book, walks through line by line <clears throat> every situation, every corporation where Jesse took advantage of, 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 a, of, a, of a quote unquote racial uh, situation and uh, leveraged that to get the company to send him money. That's the blueprint that we see right now with Black Lives Matter. I mean, they, they've, they've made you know, hundreds of millions of dollars from companies and corporations off of the, the back of, of, a, you know, of, of a black dead black man. Here's, and Virgil, I can't say, I disagree with you. Uh, I love having you on on this topic. You're really taking the load off of me. I don't have to be the bad guy. Uh, <laughs> but here's what I want to ask Anthony this question, because I, I think it's really relevant and pertinent. One of our things I think is really damaging about Jesse Jackson's legacy is the influence and the pressure he put on local ministers and neighborhood ministers because you a minister has to deal with the expectations of their congregation. And so if your congregation comes to your church with expectations, but oh, this is what a minister is supposed to do because this is what Jesse Jackson, he's attached to MLK and look what he's doing, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. It can a local minister has to wrestle with that and he may wrestle with it and defeat it, but he has to wrestle with that to some degree. And I think every black minister, Protestant minister around had to wrestle with that. And 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 where I think it's really damaging is what Jesse Jackson and, and Al Sharpton and the, the alleged successors to MLK. <clears throat> Their job is managing the behavior of white people. Mm. And the job of a minister is to save souls and bring people to Christ. Right. And so I look around at local ministers running around trying, well, I'm going to bring people to Christ. I'm going to do that. But I'm also going to run around and manage the behavior of people outside my community. And, and, 
I, I think that's a lot of wasted energy. And, and so it, and again, I love to always make these personal analogies about me and weight, but it's almost like Jesse Jackson's solution to my weight problem is for my next door neighbor to work out and not for me to work out. <laughs> and that's what has always driven me crazy. It's like, we have an issue because we all do. And when I say we, I'm not talking about black people. Every man that can hear my voice, every we have an issue that we should work on. And if we spend all the time working on our issues, you'll be shocked. Your, your neighbor's issues will improve. He'll, he'll look over at you and like, we're losing all that weight. How'd he do it? I need to do it. Yeah. Oh, he goes. Yeah. But that's where I think Jesse Jackson. It actually, it actually links your, that question that you're bringing up actually links to your other question about uh, he, uh, Jesse Jackson, you know, Farrakhan and Obama and Chicago. The point that I would make with that is in my training as a minister, you know, I was always stressed on real church work, real ministry is local. Mm-hmm. It's not national. And so I would feel ashamed if I'm chasing after national notoriety, but Murfreesboro is in shambles. So if, you know, you really focused, and and that's for even these ministers that are trying to emulate, they're trying to emulate it because they see the notoriety and the money and the hanging out with celebs that comes with that. If that's what you chase, you're gonna have some communities that are just in shambles. So if you're really about your salt as a minister, if you're really trying to do what God is calling you to do, which, again, it begins locally. Look at the letters that Paul writes uh, to these ministers at these churches, to the church at Ephesus, to the church at Colossae. This area right here has got to get together. They have different issues, but you guys got to get this down pat. So if we're really about, you know, changing the condition of you know, the country starting locally. How is your ministry looking in your vicinity? If your church was to vanish off the planet, mm. how would that affect your community? It, does your community know that your church is there seeking and saving that which is lost? If not, you don't need a national situation. And I'll give you the adverse of that. If your community is being transformed by the word of God through the ministry that is at your church, the nation will come to you. Somebody's going to come and say, hey, I don't know what's going on in this part of the land, but man, what's happening in this community? We need to learn from that. You don't have to chase the national situation. Uh, David is found as a shepherd locally. How you're doing this, God sees that and rewards you. But if you're not doing well locally, don't even worry about the national spotlight. You took the words right out of my mouth because my point about Chicago is like if if their work had transformed Chicago. Yeah. Everybody in the country would be. What are they doing over there? We got to go to. We got to do it. We got to do it. Yeah. And, And the same opportunity is there in Murfreesboro. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or even I, I, I'll go, I'll, I'll really, because I, I, I like to make personal points, but let's say someone's watching this show and, and they've been watching for two years 
and you following Jason Whitlock's conversation from two years ago and then comparing it to where it is now, and I think it's improved, particularly from a biblical perspective. And I think anybody that's watching that is probably sitting there going, man, Anthony and Bobby Harrington and Virgil Walker and TJ, man, they're having a great impact on Whitlock. He's cursing less. He makes more sense. <laughs> he, he, you know, his points are more biblically sound. He's referencing the Bible and blah, blah, blah. And, and so it's like the people that you actually touch yeah. on a day-to-day, -day, weekly basis, if they can see the growth in them, and again, hopefully I'm having that yeah. kind of impact on, yeah. on you all. Yeah. That, that, and again, it may not be as much, you know, some of my worldly experiences and how I explain them and unpack them through a biblical, it may spark ideas in you all, yeah. and, and people will start looking at all. Hey man, that group of people are helping each other evolve, and that's, I, I, I look at Jesse and the whole just national model of, of ministering, it's a failure. Uh -huh. And you chase the national. You can't take chase the national platform if your local pulpit is failing. And and, and as much and I know Virgil is a crit, and I'm somewhat crit. But but when I even I look back at Dr. King and those guys, you know, D Dr. King was down in the South helping people in the South deal with their issues, uh -huh. and 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 that's where I will defend Dr. King. And, and, and I can remember, I read somewhere or saw an interview where uh, Malcolm X was criticizing Dr. King and, you know, they soft and, you know, we do X, Y, and Z, if blah, blah, blah. And Martin Luther King's response was like, man, talk that mess up in New York. Mm -hmm. I'm down here where they lynching Negroes and they're bombing babies in churches, mm -hmm. blah, blah, and you up in New York. Uh, talking about what we should be doing down here. Wow. Yeah. Powerful point. And, and it's like yeah. it's easy to run your mouth from afar, and, and when people are dealing with real local issues. But the, the, if if I had to say, and I I don't even think this is a positive, but Virgil, one of the issues, one of the other criticisms I have of Jesse Jackson when I think of if I were writing a piece about his legacy, and, and I think you kind of alluded to this, like, hey, Dr. King and them, they, hey, I got this law passed, this thing's right. changed, blah, right. blah, 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 blah. Jesse, when I think about, like, what could he say did he, did he get accomplished? He, he would say, well, if, if I hadn't run for president, Barack Obama wouldn't be, nah, you can argue that, I, I don't buy that. What his real legacy is, and I think it's a negative, he came up with this thing of calling ourselves African-American. We, we had not been doing that. That is his lasting legacy, is like he calling us African-American. I don't see that as a good thing, and that's not because I have some shame of Africa. It's because I don't know anything about Africa. I haven't been to Africa. My mama hasn't been to Africa. My grandmama didn't, wasn't from Africa. My daddy wasn't from Africa. His granddaddy didn't know nothing about Africa. His granddaddy didn't know nothing about Africa. I, I get everybody likes to perp like, hey, we're African. 
really? If ain't nobody been there, if, if, if no one's trying to really move there. And so I, I just, we would have been better off. I'd rather be called colored people because now all they've done is just switch people of color instead of colored people. Or colored people was negative, but people of color is positive. It's all a game. Right. I'm an American black person or American with dark skin, black American, whatever. I, I like the word Negro. I never have had a problem with the word Negro. But anyway, his the African-American thing, that's Jesse Jackson's gift to black people. Good thing or bad thing. Well, I mean, it, it's a hat tip to racial idolatry. Right. That'll be that'll be the legacy. It's it's a it's a bowing of the knee. Uh, to you know what you believe to be the source, and again, for for those who are Afrocentric, that's a big deal. Okay, that's a hat tip to the motherland. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm not worried about any motherland. I'm worried about Father God, and uh, and and that I'm I'm connected to the true source of all humanity, uh, which is God the Father. He's the Creator of all. That's much more important uh, than than what continent the continent being Africa, uh, that, that my ancestry came from. I'm more concerned about, about that uh, than, <clears throat> than I am about anything else. I think, that's the, I think that at the end of the day is, is what's at issue. Does, am I missing something that Jesse Jackson could take credit for, Virgil? I know I'm asking the wrong guy. <laughs> <clears throat> I can't think so. I, I mean, I, I, you know me as the critic. I think to to add to uh, Anthony's point earlier, I think all I think any person's legacy <clears throat> that you look at, it's a it's a varied one, right? There's a lot of aspects of life that they've got to consider uh, as a result of, of the combination of things. So you you know whether whether it's the stuff that he did where he went overseas and brought back some basketball star some, <clears throat> or some baseball star somebody that was in harm's way. <clears throat> Those may be things that certain families find beneficial. <clears throat> but overall, I go back to my original statement. Jesse Jackson's legacy is one that has pimped black people uh, as a prostitute out to the Democratic Party. And we've seen the results of that. And it's not been beneficial to black people. On that happy note, uh, <laughs> we will end <laughs> Uh, the show today told you we're not going to keep you long on this Friday. <coughs> Wanted to make sure we got Tennessee Harmony in. Thank Anthony and Virgil for joining us, and we will see you next week. So divided, stop fighting and stand tall. We used to be a nation, one united. Now we're headed for a downfall. God let your light shine down. What we need more than anything now. Tell us Cause together we're so much stronger God let your light shine down What we need more than anything now Harmony Let's make a simple vow